Oh, this episode of Cinema Swirl was brought to you with the support of our backers over at patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. $5 OTP backers get instant access to every episode. There are over 40 now of Cinema Swirl, a monthly exclusive bonus show where Kevin and I review bad movies. This month, we will be covering Fantastic Four from 2015, also known as Fant Four Stick. And our reaction to that film was quite different to our reaction to any other film we've watched on the show before. So hey, if you want to hear more from us, then why not head over to patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl to, at the very least, find out a bit more. Right, let's get swirling. Cinema Swirl! That man over there, he committed a crime before. It's episode number <laughs> 94, coming to you from the lineup of Hollywood, California. Looking at all them usual suspects. No, not the ones going to prison. The movies that my good friend Sam Chaplin, OTP that he is, has not seen. Hello, Sam. Hello, how are you doing? Just at the top of the episode, for a historical context, it is hot. It is hot at the oh. moment. Oh, it's hot. Is this one of the seldom seen, oft whispered in hushed, hot breaths, a hot episode of Cinema Swirl? It's one of the hot episodes of Cinema Swirl. I don't want to get anyone too excited or uh, depressed, but I've got my top on. Excuse me. B- bottom off at the moment. And that's... Oh, why did you tell me that now? <laughs> why did you tell me that now at the start? You, that's the fucking reveal for the end. <laughs> Sorry. That is, that is, yeah. that, oh my God. I know, I'm not upset that Sam has chosen to have less clothing downstairs. It's really I just warm. felt that for the magician in me wanted the reveal to be bigger <laughs> and better than that. That's all I'm saying. Like, you know, would you have believed the priest world was done in his underpants? Yes, I do believe that now. But now it's just, yeah. oh, look at Penn and Teller over here. <laughs> here's, here's what we're actually doing. It's a hot episode. And get this, folks, I'm already in my underwear. What are we building to from that? I'm sorry. Sorry, I've let everyone uh, peek behind my magician's curtain. That was not <laughs> not appropriate of me. But it is boiling hot, and it's one of those hot episodes. I don't know if it will create a kind of giddy atmosphere, a hot atmosphere. I mean, we have had these hot episodes before. Yeah. I do recall Independence Day, a notoriously hot episode. Oh. But I would add the addendum to that. That was also a sweaty episode. Yes. And certainly, while the curtains are drawn in this room, there is no precipitation as of this moment. Okay. So I cannot say that we are having a sweaty affair well, on Cinema Swirl at this moment. Speak for yourself. It's a hot episode. It's summer. There will be more of those to come, I imagine, you know, going forward into the future. There's just going to be more hot episodes of, of Cinema Swirl. I kind of feel this almost happens every time after we've done Bond. It's usually around the time of the bank holiday. Yes. And then we get a grand stretch in the evenings and a bit of heat in the air. So we get the patented post-summer bonding Cinema Swirl Summer Sizzler Series. <laughs> yes, welcome aboard. Here we are. And we, you know what? It's a change of pace, a change of flavour, perhaps, for this 
episode of Cinema Swirl, would you say? Yes, the movie du jour that we will be swirling around in our mouths very, very shortly is none other than When Harry Met Sally, a return appearance from the big man himself, the kingpin, Rob Reiner, in the director's chair for this okay. one. Do you remember or double when we were at the Double Or Diner Rob last time? What Reiner. were we dining upon? What was the what was the feast of a movie we had that day? I have no idea. I'm going to say something else up front, and this is not related to my trousers and lack thereof. Oh, let me guess, you You've not got socks on either now, you're going to tell me. Imagine if, if, I, if I didn't have trousers on in this weather, but I had socks on. Yeah, you know what I would say to that, Sam? You know what I'd say? Uh, well, there's your problem right there. <laughs> I can't remember Rob Reiner and what he's directed, but with this film, with When Harry Met Sally, and this is a rare exception on Cinema Swirl, I know fuck all about this other than the title i've not even seen the poster because we didn't have to put a vote up so i've not seen the artwork we just decided didn't we on this yeah one? you sort of said oh we'll do when harry met sally have you seen that i said no i i know the name i don't know anything else you don't know anything else at all no i i, I tried to picture the i was gonna say album art the dvd cover in my head and it's a I feel like it's a white background. I can see the sort of serif font of the title. Oh, it is the mid-90s after all. <laughs> and I feel... Where my font freaks at. <laughs> and I feel like there's a man and a woman on a bench. But then I, I worry with people on benches, I'm just thinking of the Forrest Gump poster. Because if you think of what I've described there, that's pretty similar. And in fairness, Sam, you know, if we ever to go down the I've not read the book for the book report route... And mm. the title of the book was When Harry Met Sally. You could probably spend a minute or two saying, there's a man and a yeah. woman, they're meeting. It's like a cold reading, a, a bench, okay. perhaps a place to sit down for the meeting to take place. You've snookered me there because I, that was the one bit of the plot I was going to guess, that uh, at some point Harry will meet Sally and hilarity will ensue? Love will I mean, what's that? What genre? I just realised as well, like, the genre-wise, all you know is that it's not an action movie, really, right? Because yeah. this came at the end of our, our boys' summer when we have our, <laughs> our Dirty Bond movies yeah. and we look back at the last 12 months and go, Jesus, that's skewed toward the action a little bit for yeah. all of our likings, except for the listeners. And that's when we decided <laughs> to, you know, come back here. So this is kind of meant to be like the tricky sorbet in the middle of the dinner, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, I could do with some sorbet right now. There, um... I've guessed romantic comedy. Okay. Or at the very least, romantic film. I'm guessing romantic comedy. That's my guess. What about do you think this is as a matter of interest? Uh, 80s? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You're not off. Late 80s, I'm going to say. Dare I say, you're borderline accurate there Okay, now. all right, that's my guess. Again, I'm just picturing the poster in my head, that white background, that serif font. When Harry Met Sally, there's a bench. If you're going to guess 80s. where this was set, where, where Hollywood meets Sally, where is it going to happen? Are we, mm. are we talking Wigan, St. Helens? Oh. Swinton, Salford? <laughs> <laughs> this is an American film. Seattle? No. What am I thinking of? That's a very romantic sounding city, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but I'm thinking Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah, it might be what you might be thinking of. When Harry Met Seattle. What did Rob, Rob Reiner, was it? Yeah. Yes, Rob Reiner. Yeah, Judge Rob Reiner. <laughs> what, did, which, what film did he direct that we've watched previously? I can't remember. Old Bobby Reindeer. He and he went and directed the Stand By Me classic, oh, Stand By Me. Okay, all right. Anything you can glean from that? I don't think When Harry Met Sally is one of Stephen King's 
more popular works. When Harry met Sally and they found a dead body <laughs> in the quarry. <laughs> <laughs> I've really got no idea about this. I am. I'm shocked because there is a famous scene, a very famous scene that I would say actually has kind of transcended the movie. And not just the scene, there's a line at the end of the scene that is very much so, right. like has a life of its own, I would say. It's kind of an iconic line slash scene from this movie. Is it at uh, nobody puts baby in the corner level of, you know, quotability, popular culture knowledge? Well, in my view, I think it's more quotable simply because the line in question is almost like a punchline for the entire scene okay. itself. All right. And I think the one little bit of... of um, <sighs> I was going to say the one bit of Gabagool that I'll give you, but I'll give you much Gabagool. I'll give you much Gabagool. But the one bit of plot that I might give you would probably be that we are talking about a very successful romantic comedy from the late 90s. So it could be that they're going to be talking about some things they don't usually get talked about, if you know what I'm saying. A little bit of the Seinfeld-adjacent Castle Rock-style topics to discuss. Okay. He hasn't seen any of that. It makes no fucking difference what I've said there. So it might get sort of raunchy. I think you'd be kicking yourself. I've, I've probably seen reference to what this is, what you're talking about here, but I haven't twigged the connection to when Harry met Sally. You're right on the money with the raunch factor. Some raunchiness. Some raunch. Ah, I don't know. Ah, this is tricky. It is tricky because I feel like I could just say one thing and spoil it all, but yeah, I would rather... Don't tell you me. You know, Sam, to put it in terms we could all understand here at the Cinema Swirl fan base, I don't want to start the call by telling you I have no trousers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You know. I maybe want to wait until later on, you know? Okay. I'm sorry for that upfront information. I should have saved it till the end. I mean, there's, sometimes this is the most exciting type of Cinema Swirl when I've got no... Blind pretty much no preconceptions of what this is or what happens in this. Do you know that it was a classic with like the title alone? Like, was that well, something like, oh, yeah, I've heard about that. I know, like. the, I know the title, and I, I think it's held in high regard. I, I imagine beloved. Mm, I'd say so, yeah. Yeah. It's a tricky one for me now because this was one of these movies where I would have been kind of in a similar position to you almost in that the kind of, I had always heard about this movie, you know, particularly in the 90s, I felt like it was a movie that got referenced or mentioned quite a lot, mainly because I think it's a, it's a movie that I know my parents watched a fair bit and everyone right. else's parents watched it or rented it on VHS. It would have been a big VHS rental back in the sure. day. I watched it around the time, I think it would have been in my very early 20s, where I was, I think, particularly more so than usual, hung up on the slipping standards of what maybe was acceptable in the late 80s compared to the mid-2000s and beyond. That being said, I'm thinking now and I'm drawing a blank as to what the fuck I was even like, is there anything to that degree where I actually could remember and go, oh, that's the movie where it has this, that, and the other. It was acceptable in the 80s. The very late 80s. (laughs) The very late 80s. Uh, And I I just kind of feel like I didn't give it a fair whack, I think, when I first saw it, let's just say. And I think we've had a few movies like that, Often in the mm-hmm. romance camp, often in the comedy camp. And I feel like we've maybe come, I've come around on some of those ones that maybe I didn't have as high hopes for. I genuinely don't know because I feel sometimes mm-hmm. we can do a romantic movie on this and it fucking hits the nail on the head and it enchants you. And I feel other times Not you could have case. cared less what was in Bridget yeah. Jones' diary. <laughs> I don't want to keep saying, keep repeating myself and saying, I don't know. I just, I don't know. And that's very thrilling to me. Who's starring in it, Sam? Who's starring in When Harry 
Met Sally. No idea. Richard Gere? No, that's the other one, I believe. I don't know. I don't know who's Harry. I don't know who's Sally. I don't know who's Met. I've got no idea who all of these characters are or who plays them. I, all right. I don't like you to jump ahead and spoil actors if you don't know them, but I just want to know just because uh, he's one of these guys where I swear I could list the number of movies he's been in. Okay. Maybe on one hand at that at push, you got to feel he's a titan of Hollywood. Uh, does the name Billy Crystal reverberate with you oh. at all? Oh, Okay, yeah, yes. <laughs> we got a big old noise there now. Okay. What's going on here? Famed Oscar host and man, Billy Crystal, who, again, man. I don't know too much about. I know what he looks like. Again, a titan of Hollywood. Yeah, okay. So I now know one person who's in it, but I, but I don't the funny have... man himself. Uh, he's a funny man. He's a comedian, right? He's not a comedy actor. Did you stand up? Uh, I think so. I feel like if you host the Oscars, you have to have done a bit of crowd work. You know, they're always asking, like, where did you go to university and all that, like, you know, and they're all... Well, tell that to Anne Hathaway and James Franco, who I don't think did, uh, <laughs> you know, warm-ups on the circuit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about Billy Crystal too much. I know he's a comedian. I don't know if he's kind of edgy or controversial at all, or... Uh, I don't think... I don't think so, but if you're, like... You know, uh. that's the same would have been like, ah, Jerry Seinfeld's not controversial, and then you... Google Jerry controversy. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hey, I'm not telling you to do that, but you'll find all sorts. Literally yeah. all sorts. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Mm. Billy Crystal. I wonder what age he was when this came out. Well, you expect it because it's a comedy, a romantic comedy in the late 80s. It's got Billy Crystal. You're expecting there to be some sort of an imbalance of age <laughs> and power. Probably in some way. Absolutely. I yes. Reckon, I reckon he's, you know... <laughs> 30 early 30s in this maybe or late 20s billy crystal i don't know i can't really place him in time i feel the movie may charm you because okay. i feel like there has that kind of glossy charming effect that i feel that romantic comedies from that period and for the next kind of 15 years after that i feel they retain that kind of glossy charm okay so it may spellbind you i really want to know if it makes you laugh i want to know if yeah. it's going to pass the laugh test like if we get any kind of audible smirks you know what i mean yeah yeah you know yeah exhaling through the nose titters to oneself exactly a deep yep. exhalation that's what i want to know about i'll do a laugh count and if there's a if there's any solid gags i will let you know what is this raunchy scene anyway don't tell me don't tell me what the raunchy mysteries scene is. abound and i'll tell you one thing that's abounding it's the bopping new theme for the mailbag What a sound effect, am I right? <laughs> Jesus, Mary and Jats and crap. Of all the sound effects I've heard, I categorise that one under pleasing interlude. I can't remember if you're <laughs> you referring to music as a category of sound effects. Uh, was it, it, was it a swell or effects. a swell? <laughs> Get on board, people. I've streamlined audio in a way that only only a top podcaster can do, really. I've streamlined it all. It's all into one channel now, is what I like to say, Sam. One channel there, all the sound effects. Yes. Saw Yes Live recently at Bridgewater Hall, and I thought that was incredible. You see a prog rock band, you know, not at the height of their powers, 50 years too late, but mm. still could deliver those 16-minute symphony sound effects that are just a uh, sight to behold or to hear, I guess, like you would a fart 
or a typewriter, for instance. Yes. Well, with that in mind, thank you so much to Tristan Carroll for, <laughs> for the Scar version of the mailbag theme, which was really yeah. a, a fun time, a dream come true, a real treat. Thank you, Tristan. It's, it's an honour to hear my little composition made good and fun. And as the kids would say, Sam, it slapped me in the face. <laughs> Yes, that sound effect slapped me in the face. So thank you. But not in a confrontational, disrespectful way that you might think. Sam, what's in that bag? I suspect mail. That checkerboard mailbag. I'll open it up. Inside, uh, we've got some mail here. If you've got questions, queries, comments, or other stuff you want to send in, send it on over to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com, or allegedly, social channels. Sometimes on the socials. Check out the socials at cinemaswirl. At cinemaswirl. Our correspondence today comes in from Noel, who writes the following. Hi, lads. Hope ye are well. I yeah. like that now. Yeah. 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 I like this guy. It sounds kind of cool. Was just wondering, with the return of the Tricky Trees to the Premier League, do you know what that means? If I say that to you? The Tricky Trees are, are back in the Premier League. The Tricky Trees, the way you're saying that, though, is that like there's is this one they have three teams on playing football <laughs> at the one time? And it's like whoever gets the goals first, <laughs> like, that's it. It's, it's a triple threat match, basically, but for the Premier League. I'm pretty sure that's Tricky, the tricky Trees. trees. Okay, the Tricky Trees are back in the Premier League. That's uh, Nottingham Forest are back, baby, in the Premier League top-tier football team now. Well, it'll be a celebratory mood in Hooters Nottingham tonight. (laughs) So, Noel says, with the return of the Tricky Trees to the Premier League, could ye see a planned recording of an episode together facilitated by a footy match between the mighty Nottingham Forest and one of those little Manchester clubs? Oh, I see! Yeah, a day at the footy, followed by a recording of an episode in the room together. Thanks for the podcast, guys. So what's happening now? Uh, Oh, P.S. Sam might be happy to know that Forest won me a workplace bet and I've inadvertently become a fan of the Reds. You Reds! You Reds! There we go. That's just a a treat for uh, all the Forest fans there. Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So Noel's question is basically, now that Forest are in the Premier League, and uh, as are the Manchester clubs... The Manchester clubs! Do you reckon we should go watch some some football and see how we get on? I've always wanted to go to the footy with you for many years. So I, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, I've I've recorded podcasts on trains, planes and automobiles. Yeah. And I'd be very, very, very happy to try and record a podcast while there is an ongoing uh, football match of certain repute. Yeah. I think that would be a hell of a time. Now, I'll tell you the one thing that would get me to that football game mm. is some of that football food the scram. And, uh, i would like a large football burger please <laughs> and no substitutions needed thank you i'll have the fries oh what's that referee kevin's gone off the deep end he's put given a red card and a yellow yes ketchup. hot dog mustard and ketchup <laughs> See, I, I'd fit right in. I yeah, think I'd fit right in. You would fit right in. When the Euros were on, and I got uh, very emotionally invested in England's run at the Euros. Oh, the run. <laughs> I, I, all <laughs> runs end engulfed in flames, do they? Yes. I, at one point, ate a promotional burger that was in... the the, bu- the bun was in the shape of a football. It had the little hexagons on it. Um, and I ate a, a football burger. Oh, was the bun like white with black splotches on it? Well, it, no, it, it just it was, but it was bun color. But it just had 
indented on it those little shapes. I wish they had done that kind of checkerboard thing. Yeah, that's kind of, it's either they're feast or foul there. You're not one thing and they're the other. No. Unless we get some sort of a football that has that kind of sesame bun brown to it. <laughs> I don't think that that is appropriate. But I, I've realised with football and with watching those tricky trees try and get, you know, into the Premier League, which they have successfully done, you Reds, that if, you know, I, I'm not, we are footy fans and we're big footy lads and we have a good time at the footy, but I've not been to many games or watched many games or really understand much of the action and the culture. But when I do watch football and get into it, I do get very emotionally invested and it can and it can, it can be quite crushing when it goes wrong. Is it infectious? It is infectious. Because like, I have I've a funny feeling that like if we went and we saw Nottingham Tricky Tree Forest yes. and you got emotionally invested in them, I would just kind of end up getting emotionally invested in well, the other team and then we would have a football <laughs> schism right in the centre of the swirl. Well, I, I think that's what Noel kind of wants, a kind of, you know, Manchester and Nottingham-based football rivalry. You want a football schism? <laughs> you want football schism here? Like that song, he's football schism, football mad. No, I want no. to have that. So we could be on the same side. I mean, if we, if we were watching opposing teams, we'd have to be on different ends of the... Oh, that's it, isn't it? Unless I could be like kind of a, a covert... <laughs> Yeah. I wouldn't think that Manchester would send an Irishman, you know, uh, one of their favourite sons, covertly <laughs> under the cloak of darkness to penetrate the tricky trees of the forest. We'll sneak you in, but don't wear your colours and they won't know that, you, you know, you're a big man. I don't know if, you know, City or United, but... Have yeah. you seen Benders like Beckham? No. Okay, no, I because Joe is on me non-goddamn okay. stop to do Bend It Like Beckham for this podcast, uh, <laughs> which means I feel we could do a super footy experience then. We have all yeah. of our ducks in a row then, if you know what I'm saying. I reckon, you know, not necessarily a Premier League match with Nottingham Forest, but at some point we need to go and watch some football and see how we get on. I think that'll be a blast and watch Bend It Like Beckham. <laughs> You I know, I think that. that's a fantastic idea. Yeah. And you know what I like as well? Right before I put on the bloody soppy girly movie, yeah, me and Sam had a chance to talk about the bloody footy, yeah, uh, and yeah, yeah. get a couple of, couple of cans in, you know, uh, before we get talking about all these feelings and nonsense and stuff like that. Thank you, Noel, for sneaking in a lad's question here. It's, it's much, <laughs> much appreciated. Noel, in the parlance of the times, uh, sorted, mate. Sorted, yeah, as sorted. they say. Sorted. So watch this space. There may be some footy action coming up in the future we shall see uh, so thank you Noel for that question and again if you've got any questions for the mailbag cinemaswirl at gmail.com that's cinemaswirl at gmail.com wait until you hear the sound effect when you press send on that mailbox oh my goodness <laughs> it's everything you'll expect it to be then uh, right I know, I know I know this is a goof I know it's a goof I know it's a goof but the idea of categorizing music as a sound effect is is so so upsetting it's it really <laughs> Ah, uh, right. Well, I, I don't know if I've got much more to say about when Harry met Sally because I, I, I have no, no knowledge. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to find out anymore. I don't think, if you're not going to know what it is yet, I think we have to go ahead and watch this movie. I think, I don't know, I'm less even sure about how I'm going to think about it, mm -hmm. yet alone you. I have a funny feeling we'll have stuff to talk about because yes. Harry may be meeting Sally, but now it's time for Sammy to meet movie. Let's go do a cinema swirl.
her having what she's having, Sam initial good reaction to when Harry met Sally, or as my autocorrect called it, when Hasty met Sammy. <laughs> okay, here's my initial good reaction. Ah, oh, yeah, it's that. It's not ah, oh, yeah, it's ah, oh, yeah. It, yeah, I know. I know what oh, you're all thinking at yeah. home now. All the podcasters like myself listening at home, going, "I've been there before." When my podcast partner has faked an initial gut reaction <laughs> to make me feel better, whatever it is, it's weird though, isn't it? Because every single podcast host claims it's never <laughs> happened to them, but every co-host claims that they've done it. It's very interesting that I can't now go into a uh, exaggerated, well, maybe, you know, a, a convincing initial gut reaction loudly in a diner. I wish I could, but ah, oh, yeah, is my uh, my reaction to that. It was a heartwarming time, wasn't yes. it? Yes, you know there are hiccups in there, but I think that was a that was a really nice time. It's really fun. Well, not it was a, it was. A, I tell you what, it was a bit more complicated than I thought it was going to be. Not oh, complicated, really? but you know, there was a bit more to it. You know, there was something to that, and it was nice. Were you saying it was more deep, maybe, than some of the other romantic movies we've seen? I mean, mm. I'm not sure if that was the angle you're coming at. Yeah, kind of a little bit. Maybe we'll come to it as we, as we go through. But it wasn't, you know, a straightforward thing. It kind of felt like it was going to be, but it but it wasn't. But I had a good time. Big question at the top of the hour. Yeah. Uh, would you did you laugh? Did we have our audible exhales? Did we yeah, have yeah. The, the giggle parameters met for the movie, Sam? There were a few out loud laughs. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. I've la- I laughed a few times during this. I think this is a funny movie. A funny movie? Yeah. How about it? A romantic comedy in both of those names. We yes. mean it when we say it and categorise it as us. I like to point out that the movie, we may have erroneously titled it, perhaps even in the episode description, the title card is not When Harry Met Sally. The title card is When Harry Met Sally dot dot dot. Oh, ellipses. right. Yes. And okay. I think, I'm not sure if that's, I look at the movie poster, if that's on there or not mm. either, Sam, but that feels like a part of the brand. Hmm. That's going to cause me some trouble when I upload this and decide <laughs> how, how to title it. <laughs> yeah, because on SoundCloud, that URL, when dash Harry dash met Sally dot 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 dash dot dash, you'll think we're doing Morse code or something. No way. It's not been this bad since we reviewed HTPPS colon forward slash forward slash. That was a nightmare to uh, to upload that one. <laughs> However, right, before we started recording, a little peek behind the curtain, Kevin was asking me for some comedy recommendations, and I I was uh, drawing a blank. However, at the start of this, there is musically some kind of fun, jaunty piano jazz, but it it kind of teeters to the point where it's a bit shit. And (laughs) All right, steady on. I'm going to stand up for the sound effects if no one else will. That's one of the best sound effects going out there, mate. All right, watch it, okay? Watch it. Right. My recommendation to you, uh, you might know about this already, is do you know H. John Benjamin, the comedy actor? I'm familiar with him and his voice. He's recorded a jazz album as a pianist. Oh, I've heard of this. This It's the one where he doesn't know what he's doing. (laughs) He does not know how to play piano and does not like jazz. I believe the session musicians he was working with didn't know this. And he just went in there and kind of improvised it. And it, it, it goes between being objectively really fucking funny to sometimes actually becoming great art. It's just, it, it's a real blast to listen to that jazz album. I can't remember the name of it. So are you telling me that the, the, the soundtrack here, which I, <laughs> I've went out of my way several times, 
times in my notes, sheepish as I am about my culling of music from my life, yes. to say that the soundtrack is in fact quite nice in this, and it is all it is those nice. romantic, all those romantic, but not not like proper fucking, you know, what's the word? They're less direct, these romantic songs. It's not like, you and I are going to, no, it's not that, it's more like, yeah. I might walk down to the shop and see a man. You know, that kind of uh, jauntiness. It's not too obvious and schmaltzy, but it is romantic. Oh, and by the way, I Meg Ryan is in this. I, I yeah. was like, oh, Meg Ryan. And I was like, oh, do I know Meg Ryan from anything? And I'm not sure if I do, because I saw her and I was like, I don't think I actually know Meg Ryan from stuff. I know the name Meg Ryan, much like I knew the name When Harry Met Sally. I don't actually think I know Meg Ryan from stuff. You've seen Top Gun, haven't you? Yes. She's in that. She's in that. I know she's a big deal. She's a big deal. I guess the main ones for her, Harry Met Sally, Sleepless in Seattle, You've Got Mail, French Kiss, City of Angels... I think she voiced the main character in Anastasia, or, or okay. one of them at least. But yeah, I think I would say that what she's primarily known for would be her romantic comedy. slash romantic comedy. And I would say this would probably be her, this along with Top Gun are probably her, her, main, her main accolades, okay. I would say. Yeah, well, I thought she was very good in this. Oh yeah, she's awesome. She's really, really good. But we don't open with Meg Ryan, nor Billy Crystal. We open with some, and I'm going to say it, fogies talking about... Fogies! <laughs> talking about old shit, which was... Yeah, I was on a recently on a podcast, a top 10 podcast, I tried yeah. to explain them that you and I lovingly refer to all movies from a certain era as old shit. Old shit. And then he went yeah. on to explain why Citizen Kane was one of their favourite movies of all time. I was like, oh yeah, me too, but it is but old, old shit, shit. right, guys? <laughs> I don't know if I may have endeared myself. <laughs> a real fogey of a movie, but there's these fogies. Fogey. Dusty old lovers, full of old love dust. <laughs> Talking about how they met, and you know what? And I don't want to cast any aspersions on anyone who might be listening that this happened to, or indeed anyone who isn't listening who this has happened to. But I always get a little bit scared and concerned when people talk about like how they met, and then like, mm. and then two weeks later we were married, and I'm like, I don't, oh, I know, I right? don't reckon that's all right. <laughs> you know, I like the you know romantic notion of oh, I've, I know this is the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, and we were married straight away but i don't i don't think it's a good idea but it might no i don't up. unless unless you know you say i i met them i married yeah. them very quickly and then you go on to explain that like in married at first sight you yes. have been through honesty week you've been through fight week you've been through dishonesty fight week, week. <laughs> you've you've been through confrontation week yeah you know You've sat down in the fight pit and really had it out, and you know that this person is the one you're meant to be with. I was going to detail people. I was torn here between when Kevin met Joe the intern and mm. when Kevin met Sam. But I'm pretty sure I've detailed both of those things yes. already. But yeah. simply put, I walked in, walked right into the University of Lincoln, and I said, you see that Englishman? <laughs> I'm going to start a podcast with him. And yep. there was two other Englishmen as well who I also said that about. Yes. And that's how I met my good old GP, <laughs> Sam Chaplin. I think you and I got off on the wrong foot because of a bad handshake. Did we? Oh, maybe I've, I've, I've misremembered the bad handshake. You went in for a handshake and it wasn't like, you know, I, and this, because I've been accused so many times in my life of having, uh, and I quote, a weak handshake okay. because I'm so concerned about crushing people that I always go in with a light touch. <laughs> and you famously don't know your own strength. <laughs> yeah, right. And I, 
And I don't need to prove my power that way, right. I don't yeah, think. Yeah. Yeah. So when I went into Shake Sam's hand, I was deliberately not going for a tight grip as per usual. I think yeah. Sam may have been not expecting a handshake because let's mm. all face it, when you're in your you know early 20s, a handshake's not necessarily a done thing. No. So I think instead of shaking the hand, yes. you were withdrawing the hand, okay. which gave us kind of a... <laughs> Slipping away from each other. Seabird covered in crude oil falling off a cliff type of experience. Yes. But we rose up from that. Yeah. Here we are these years later. Less shaking a hand, more removing a marigold's uh, washing up glove. (laughs) 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 We, you know, we made it through and now we've been married for what, seven, eight years? I can't remember how long it's been, but. I mean, I just restarted a podcast after two weeks. That's fucking ridiculous. And that's not even getting married. No. I feel a little bit suspicious for those kinds of stories, but that's fine. And also this is, you know, fiction. Right. Chicago, 1977. And immediately... Oh, baby. Billy Crystal is snogging straight away. And you know what? For a film that's called When Harry Met Sally, he meets Sally... Like, like within two minutes of the start of the film. Like, he's met Sally. There is a cut of the movie that this scene happens and then (laughs) the word then appears. (laughs) And then it goes the end. And that's it. That's all those credits. In and out, nice and quick. It's like that special Wicker Man edit that we talked about on that episode, you know? Get you in, get you out, nice and quick. I did appreciate that they had a lot of manoeuvrability and flexibility on the aging and de-aging of Billy Crystal with the hair and the beard and inverted commas. I thought they did a very good job on yes. that front. Yes, they did. The aging and de-aging is quite fun in this. Because I think for Meg Ryan, it's basically new haircut. Her style, basically. (laughs) (laughs) For for, for Billy Crystal, it's like, you know, quite severe in how how much he ages up. But it's uh, it's entertaining. Yeah, I thought they'd build up to the meeting, but it's it's straight away. And for some reason, I don't even know if this is fully explained. I think, you know, back in those days, if you wanted to get from one place to another place that took 18 hours in the car. Point A to point B, is it? Yes some circles there was no uber um, although an 18 hour uber would be insane there was no ubers there were no buses yeah you know, there were no trains there were no cars all you could do was drive with someone else that was all you could do you know because there were no cars or any transport like that you had to get in a car with someone else that's the someone only way you that, could do it someone that you didn't know for 18 hours that's fucking weird isn't it because 18 yeah. hours is more than enough time to eat another human being <laughs> like you'd have <laughs> you'd have the tupperware ready to go with the uh, leftovers you could batch cook in that time you know immediately we get a sense of their dynamic you know that they're very different she's sort of suggesting a plan we do this in shifts here's the places on the map where we could stop and change shifts whereas harry he's sort of wiggling his ass around eating grapes spitting grapes Spin. into the window yeah now this is where i think when i first watched this movie where a lot of my prickliness came from because i felt the movie was very judgmental and had a lot to say about a lot of things and i mm. remember like at the time be like oh fuck off saying that like it's only a young person thing saying that you love each other like they, they hit that really hard in the head that they're like, right. oh, like oh i love you i love you i love you as if you know saying that when you're older is any less brilliant no. and the other thing as well as i felt that they were out of their way to be like kind of I don't know. The type of stuff that Harry gets up to is the reason why certain adverts aren't shown on television anymore. (laughs) 
Yeah. But on the other side of that, mm. something very different happened from the first time I watched this to the time I watched it now. The first time I watched this, I was single, very, very fucking miserable. Right. And, you know, no romantic aspersions whatsoever. The time I watched it now, I'm counting down, you know, I've just been engaged. Brackets to be married. Oh, and I was congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know. Yeah, I but know. As a result of that, I found myself, this one the first times I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm judging this very different. Right, yeah. It's like, ah, young love. Ah, even though I was absolutely adamant that nothing will change the fact that I become married, it'll be, you know, grand, whatever. We've been together for X amount of time. But it may start to make me go, ah, about about this type of stuff. I mean, I'm sure I would have been spitting on windows, (laughs) farting, gobbing, all that stuff, you know. I think much like this film, you know, the passage of time and the different experiences you have affect how you feel about romance and love and all that kind of stuff. And you've got a different perspective now. It's weird watching something, you know, when they're parodying almost the age you were at the time Mm. and now I'm looking at something where they're parodying an age I was 10 years ago for instance yes you know yeah. But we all, you know, when we're younger, we all have our own ways about us that are a little bit prickly and all that. Mm. For Harry, it's the spitting of grapes. It's constantly negging her. It's being a bit of an overbearing arsehole. Yes. It's invoking every classical negative male stereotype that had been come up with in 1989. For me, I was a bit nervous and came on too strong, but that was a bit it, really. You know? <laughs> now, I don't think his character in any way does stand-up comedy within the fiction of this, but he absolutely comes across as a sort of you know naughty's comedian isn't he woody seinfeld jerry allen kind of you know insufferable comedian he's guy he's observed a few things <laughs> yeah like the the fucking i i read the last page of a book in case i die like the first thing i do is read the last page of any book Such i read boy talk it's, isn't it yeah and just <laughs> bragging about how much he thinks about death and then i think cool. what was i like when i was 21 or something i'm probably an insufferable asshole as well so uh and not no, much has changed no you just no. you just withdrew your handshake a bit quick that was all, Sam. <laughs> yes you know i remember we did our 18 hour drive from lincoln to chicago <laughs> and you know he'd be constantly pulling his hand back slapping against the windshield it was awful embarrassing so it was now, I've not seen Casablanca, but I've had some Casablanca spoilers from watching this film. I already can't remember what they were, but uh, they're arguing about Ca- Casablanca in, in on the car journey. But gee, we should probably do that for Cinema Swirl, the old shit special edition. I think we should, and I think it comes down to something to do with Harry arguing, well, obviously you haven't had great sex yet, otherwise you wouldn't think the way you do about this film. This man with his strategy, he's been to an away day about this, the classic <laughs> Negenbeg, this guy, with one hand, he's telling you how fucking pointless your even existence is, and the other hand has got his dick in it, and he's begging yeah. you to look at us. I Just mean, please look at us. <laughs> he is insufferable, and he's constantly on and goofing and making his little jokes. But he's not without charm, because, like, no. you know, I think... Yeah, I know you don't like Seinfeld, but for me, Seinfeld, part of the charm, whether it's intentional or not, is that he is utterly charmless. Mm. You know, and that, that's kind of, it adds into that it's meant to be a show about nothing and it's meant to be kind of slightly nihilistic. This still has an iota yeah, of a yeah. heart. I think yes. it's because you kind of see this young guy who's putting on a front and maybe he's going to turn into something a little bit more, like an older misogynist, for instance. <laughs> 
Yes, you know, he's not completely insufferable and unbearable. He's got some charm to him. I'll tell you what, I've thought this about Sally's character, that she's, for the most part, just very nice and understanding and intelligent. But she doesn't suffer fools in the restaurant business. Well, no, but so I think they have to add this characteristic to her that is just like she is really fussy in restaurants and about some other things. It just seems like a kind of slightly more tacked on than Harry's personality. Like her thing that she just over orders, well, not over orders, but like over complicates <laughs> everything she orders at restaurants and is really fussy and, and specific. It doesn't really come across in the rest of her character, whereas like Harry is across the board, the kind of way it, he's too loose and she's like too stuffy and uptight, is what's happening. But he, I mean, considering they better. were considered for the time, you know, pitch perfect. Mm. Oh, all men are like this, or oh, all women are like this. You know, as magazines and the mass media would have reported at the time. Yeah. I'm amazed at the restraint because, you know, they do kind of play the little like, God, she's being a bit much here in this situation, isn't she? Yeah. But it's never so much. I feel like he comes across infinitely worse, even though I would think the writer at the time thought this is a fairly even handed yeah. <laughs> portrayal. Yeah. It's just like, you know, I don't know. There's so much kind of implied with her by her being like kind of, oh, there's a phrase he has for later on. Not that she's needy, it's that she is needy, but she doesn't realise that she's needy, mm. which makes her this like, and it's like he's turning to the camera going, am I right, guys? <laughs> Fucking women, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you now, we're all going to reject this movie's many, many outdated principles, including the Sheldon binary that a guy who's going to do your taxes can't go down on you like a fucking demon. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> My accountant, you need a fucking exorcist when he's done with the wife. Good lord. <laughs> Why do you think I hired him? Dick like a fucking traction engine on him. Come on. Yeah, I mean, we'll leave that kind of name discrimination in the past uh, where it belongs. Um, but, you know, he's, he's talking about how attractive he thinks Sally is, and then... Empirically attractive. Yeah. Check out fucking Module 2 of Statistics Man <laughs> over here. Amazing. I mean, empirically attractive is a strange way to say, because, like, in them shorts, she looks like she's in the Hitler Youth, which I think, for <laughs> me, is actively working against any discussion of the word attractiveness there. Does Billy Crystal seem to you like he's doing a special deep podcast voice to these earlier scenes? Like, the younger guy, you know, putting on a voice like this because oh, yeah, he's yeah. a girl, you know, whatever. You know, read yeah. the last page of a book and then, you know, whatever. In case I die or I kill myself or whatever, you know, just thought I'd do that first. And I've not seen any films. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Harry, he makes the argument that it's kind of at the, the crux of this movie that men and women can't be friends essentially due to, you know, sexual tension, the idea of I mean, sex. He's, he's yeah. thought this through because he thought it through a lot of different angles. He, obviously the sexual tension. The other yeah. angle he is is that you know, if they do have sex, afterwards it'll make things strange, you yeah. know, that there'll be some sort of a barrier between them. And even if they have sex and then the person goes on and meets someone else, it'll make it even more strange because there'll be this issue of jealousy that even yeah. if you don't think consciously you'd be jealous, that there's some sort of lizard brain part of us that would be jealous. And I mean... I think that belief, you know, 
that's something that I subscribed to when I was 16 years old <laughs> and I and I had never met a woman in my life because I went to a Catholic all boys boarding school and I'll tell you you know I'm being very honest with myself now there was a three month period when I first went to university I would have mm. been 17 turning 18 and there was a three month period where I would have subscribed to that belief because every single fucking woman I met regardless of who they were yeah. I fell in love with right. for those three months yes. I fell in love with my chemistry physics and biology lab partners yeah. I fell in love with my maths tutorial provider. I fell in love with literally the first girl I met on campus. We just like, hello. I fell in like, and I would just be wrapped up in my head going, I've got 16 women on the go now. And I can't be friends with them because if I'm friends with them, I'm going to mess up these potential relationships. And then I realized yes. that you just can't. What happened was I kissed a couple of girls and then I realized I was a fucking idiot. And that was it, you know? But I feel that that's, is that something that people like who would have been in their 20s and 30s would have felt? I mean, are there people who think that now? I, I'm sure there are people who think that now. I imagine they're absolutely out there. You know, I don't think that's the case. I just want to make that clear. But I think it, it, you're right. It is a kind of juvenile thing that you might believe. Born out of anxiety is the point. Yes. You know? And as you get older, you kind of realise that that's not the case. But I think there will be some believers in this theory from Harry. You know what I think is better for 2022, Sam? How about men and women can't be enemies? that. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah, we'll go, we'll go with that. Billy Crystal's always got something fucking going on with his acting. He's like got a toothpick or a grape in his mouth. He's always, he's always doing something. He's always got no, something going on. No, there is a word we have for that in the acting business. It's called a crutch. Right, uh, which yeah, is, yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you lean on it to oh, get you through the scene. You mentioned that the the soundtrack isn't too direct and obvious, but to be fair, we, we've got Let's the. Let's <laughs> no, we've, <got, laughs> we've got these two characters who are very different, and then we get you say potato, I say potato, and I'm like, okay, we get it. You know, they're different, and they there's have a, different ways of doing stuff. That song where he's like, you say neither, and I say neither. I'm like, I'm saying you're fucking taking it a bit much too seriously now. Like, is that seriously an issue with you? Like, fucking weirdo. Like, no one date that guy. That's all well, I'm saying. That, I meant... We'll call the whole thing off. I meant... I mean, that, that doesn't necessarily need to be a romantic song. That could be a song about a mismatched pair. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know? They could sing that song about us, Sam, is what I'm well, saying. But yeah. they they don't go hard on with the Love Is Like a Mountain adjacent style music. They don't go no. quite there. But... We get another cutaway to another one of these real couples. It's all very on, lovey-dovey and very nice. Mm -hmm. And were you shocked with us careening into the future? Oh. Five years. It's Guys. 1982. Thatcher's New York City. <laughs> Here we go. Closing down all the calzone mines. Not I, allowed anymore. Tell you what, until we jumped five years into the future, I didn't know that the time-skipping nature of it was a thing. That we, we have kind of three, at least three, three phases. Oh, there's of, a three, or, three or so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're five years later. We're in the 80s. Harry sees Sally. She's in the airport kissing some blonde lad who looks like he's been dropped into week two of Love Island. That kind of lad. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's shaking things up, this guy, isn't he? <laughs> but Harry recognises that guy that she's kissing. They have a chat. No, he, he clearly recognises he, he recognizes her, her, but he pretends yes. not to. Yeah. Have you ever pretended not to recognise someone? Uh, yes. Yes, I have. Would you mind divulging um, the 
the I'll tell you I'll tell you how Kevin met Joe the intern then. There you go. We'll okay. you hot goss for hot goss. I've never pretended to not recognize someone in a situation where we would be conversing. But what I have done is seen someone in the street, for example, uh... and have not really wanted to have a conversation. Have I've clocked them, I've seen them, I've recognised them, I've gone, you know, I've gone straight through. Which I mean some people would describe that as blanking. Um, I might have that's blanked. That's what I some would people. say. Yeah. That is that's yeah. different from pretending to not recognize them. No, okay. Because uh, I feel I, there needs to be at least some sort of a, a locking on there. You right. know, you gotta yeah, target yeah. them first. <laughs> More often than not, I have actually forgotten details about people or their names and stuff like that and that's more awkward than I, I don't need to pretend to not remember someone i do sometimes just forget people i've got a terrible memory but i feel like you've got an anecdote in place for this i think you've, you've got something no, i'm just using this okay. as an opportunity to hype up stay tuned guys later on in the episode <laughs> sam and i will be divulging you've heard it here first yep how Kevin met Joe the intern. Keep it here on cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's so, cinemaswirl uh, they, they have this um, kind of situation where she's on the plane now. Yes. And she's doing her ordering thing again. And yeah. this, is, this is one of these things that the Taliban just took away from the world. <laughs> because... No one, no one's ordering a Bloody Mary, yet alone a bespoke Bloody no. Mary on any class of aircraft. Not anymore, and that's a real shame. Have you been on a plane in the last year? Uh, yes, yes, I have. A short, short, very short haul, but yeah. Okay, because I've been on two planes in the last year, and both planes, I've gotten a letter beforehand to say we're very sorry, we cannot offer you food aboard this flight. There are mm. no hot snacks available. And I'm like thinking, what would even happen in the 80s if they were told that? There's an expectation. They're, they're all smoking cigarettes, doing fucking cocaine. You know, spitting grapes everywhere. Yeah. Spitting grapes everywhere. <laughs> ridiculous. And you know what's ridiculous as well, Sam? Yeah. They're all having a go on that plane as well because the regulations aren't there. They're driving. It's an 18-hour haul to Chicago. And they all just, you know, they'll stop over at the motorway services in the plane. They'll swap over. First class goes first and then into coach. They all have a go driving the plane. It's ridiculous. <laughs> So it was a different time. So Billy Crystal, also on the plane, just behind her, he manages to swap with the guy next to her to then sit next to her. You know what? Uh, I think this might have come up before in Cinemaswell. I love the olden time, old shit phrase of going out with someone saying you went with them, you know? You went, or going, it's like going, go, steady. going steady. Free going steady. Yeah. You went with them, you then you go them. steady. Yeah. It is, it's It's kind of like the way older generations will use the word stiffy for erection. It's just kind of quite <laughs> and hilarious in its own way and it is resigned to the past where it will remain so I can tell you a couple of things here one Harry says he's getting married and Meg Ryan does an actual like who is she where did you find her which was nice because she's surprised that someone like him would you know get married but he seems very hopeful about that I wish I knew a Harry because if they you know, got engaged, I would just go, huh, Harry marry. And that would just be you know, my reaction to it all. A notable chuckle from me was from Harry describing his dancing as the uh, the white man's overbite. Doing a kind ah, of little, very good. It's a good line. It's a good line and a good little visual act out of it. And it, yeah, it's good stuff. It happens when you're dancing in a resort and you've had a cocktail or two, or if you're getting really into the Mario Kart, but you don't quite care if you die or not. You don't quite care if you lose or not. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's when the overbite comes out. And he's starting to soften his rules about relationships and friendships now a little bit. Now they're off the plane. Mm. 
What do you think to his airport theory here? The strain. I thought this was fucking bullshit. What's his airport theory? His theory that is if you start taking your partner to the airport, oh, it's yeah, setting them right. up for disappointment. And I'm like, what the fuck? Who's not accompanying their... Who's even just going on the plane with them in the first place? Right. What this sounds like is, again, coming back to the stand-up thing, he thinks he's got some great observational material there. Yes. And I think he needs one new act night to realise... That's not universal, that experience. No. Like, no, no one agrees with that, because that is not... That does, that's not a thing at all, is it? Surely not. No, no I don't... No. Maybe in the olden times, yeah. you know, before 9-11, people <laughs> got... But I think it'd be in poor taste, really, to, to kind of even bring up those types of topics uh, these days. Yeah. We cut away again. Mm. This lad they're talking to has had more divorces than I've had hot dinners. Yes, more fogies just be like, oh, I divorced this woman and this woman and then I met her and now we've been married for ages. You know, I kind of guessed the con- seat here with these cuts to the documentary kind of stories of lovers that at the end it was going to be harry and sally talking about yeah i'm sorry you know when we get to that i've got some other remarks on that but i guessed it i guessed i know it's obvious but i you know i was like oh Oh, Did you find these sweet? Because I know there's obviously um, something about like old people talking and they're like, we're going to destroy your future. <laughs> but other than that, like, was it sweet? You it, know, other than the, the climate and stuff. It was sweet, but I felt a little bit of diminishing returns, you know? Yeah. All right, I'm going to have a very hot take here. Very hot take. Yeah. Because I think it comes with seeing a lot of these cutaways. Standards were a bit lower back then. Or not that standards mm. were lower. Tolerance for shit was a lot larger. Right. Because I kind of feel like there's a lot of these stories where it's like, I saw her when I was 12 and then 20 years later, I said, you're mine. And she said, okay. That doesn't sound very romantic, does it? Like, you know, you can take her to Nando's. You can take her to ZZ. Like, what the fuck, mate? Some of these don't sound as sweet and lovey as maybe they're intended to. Or maybe that's the point. Uh, There's a creepy one coming up, I'm saying. There's a very creepy one coming up. Bang out of order, so it is. And once again, we're skipping forward in time. Five years later. Sally and her friends, including Carrie Fisher. Ah, Hey, hey. They're having lunch at Central Park, which looks lovely. And Central Park looks very 1990s here. Um, Well, maybe like late 80s, 1990s. I swear that like Central Park was a different colour in, like, the 80s and 90s. green? Well, it just... I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but maybe it's just the way things were filmed. But Central Park, I don't think it... When I've seen it on film since, doesn't look the same. It looked very, Hmm. like, kind of orangey and bright. I mean, I would have been to Central Park in, like, 2008? Right. Yeah. I think that's when I would have been to Central Park. And I remember being like, I thought it was spellbinding. I, I genuinely loved it. It's one of my favourite little spots. I just, there's something to me about a big bit of green in the middle of hustly bustly. Yes. That always will do it for me, you yeah. know? But yeah. colour-wise, you know what it could have been, Sam? Mm. As a published biologist, I do believe there's something to this whole leaves changing colour at certain times of year <laughs> business. And I'm not sure if that has had anything into it. <laughs> that's not what <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. I just anyway. I just think it it, it looks very very early nineties, late eighties. I think it's a it was a, it was used a lot more during those times. Like if you did yeah, New maybe. York in a movie at those times, you're going to be there an awful lot. It feels like yeah. And Sally's got a new haircut. 
Again, very nice new hairstyle. And she's broken up with the guy she was with. But don't worry, because Carrie, who's dating a married man, by the way, uh-huh. classic crazy antics, she sets her up with the Alex Anderson. Fuck no. How about Ken Darman? Are you mad? <laughs> She's got, I love that she's got a fucking Rolodex of potential suitors. I mean, you don't get that now. You don't get someone like cracking that. out the Rolodex. Carrie Fisher's got a Rolodex mm. of eligible dicks, and <laughs> Sally's got a Rolodex of all of her VHSs alphabetized. Yeah. And that shows you the two different types of women there it were does. in the 80s. Can I, can I say this? Rolodex. No? Maybe. Oh, uh, maybe. Uh, maybe. You know, uh, maybe. Maybe, 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 maybe. What do you think know. of Carrie Fisher in this? She has, she's appeared quite a few times now in the swirl. Obviously, the three Star Wars. She's been in yep. the Blues Brothers as well. And here she is again. You know, fun. You know, good. Always good value. I, I, I enjoyed her being in this. I don't know why. Every single time I see her in something that's not Star Wars, I'm like, yeah, good for you, Carrie. Break the curse. But I'm like, compared to Mark Hamill, I feel she was way less, like, blocked out of Hollywood roles. Yeah. You have to go and do fucking Wing Commander, for fuck's sake. <laughs> you want to see Carrie doing that shit. I think she's very enjoyable in this and, and does a yeah. great job. I mean, Harry, you know, Meg Ryan, she just looks great and has just had a nice hairstyle oh this is when harry's in his jeremy beadle phase isn't he like with the fucking <laughs> grubby little bit <laughs> and there look sam just like we were asked to do in the the first part of the episode they're at the footy yes Yay! they're at the footy Yay! the american footy which is soccer played in america Yes, yes, yes. They're watching the sports. He's talking about how his wife has left him. Oh, God, his mate, who is the soft-spoken, genuinely quite brilliant, but a little bit shy, the great writer, who is definitely a self-insert by Rob Reiner. He's like, (laughs) Rob Reiner, if he had hair... And was like, you know, a bit trim and fashionable, looking good. All right, Rob, we see you there. I know you couldn't stick yourself and stand by me, but here you are now. (laughs) As someone who has done a bit of extras work, did you feel like the background actors in this scene were working very hard? Because for, you know, an American football game, there was a lot of people, a lot of chatting in the background of these two talking. Very much like, I'm here enjoying the American football. I would like to eat a hot... They're really having big chats, everyone in the background of this scene. It's my favorite thing about extras work is if you're in a scene where you have to talk, yeah. make noise or whatever it is, I'm obsessed because I've, you know, I'd be talking sometimes to someone and, you know, you strike up a little kind of, right, you're my friend for the day type of a thing. Yeah. And you're having this great rapport and chatting and chatting and chatting. And then it comes times like, right, action. And then extras, you start pretending to talk in the background. And then you just start, you know, hey, how's it going? You want to keep talking here? And they'll completely freeze. Uh. What the fuck? And I remember there was a, one time there was a dude I was talking with. We had a lot in common mm. also a former biologist we were chatting yeah. back and forth and i thought this is getting good this conversation action and then he started going blah 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 and i was like you what why <laughs> would you do that so i've had so many experiences from me trying really hard to me not trying at all to the other person being completely Just, yeah. bamboozled by the situation. But I would say here, if you've been asked to stand up every two fucking seconds for a Mexican wave, you better be getting extra or at least priority access for the cooked breakfast in the yes. morning. Yes. I was going to ask Hard if, day at the office. if you had a strategy for that sort of thing, but is it just to talk naturally and just strike up a conversation? It depends on the person, yeah. you know? I've generally found if the person is more experienced, they're usually okay with doing it. But I like going blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. And if someone can do it with you, it's very fun 
to have a blah 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 conversation with someone who's also going blah 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 and you're making facial expressions that's almost as good as actual conversation so coming soon to cinema swirl sam and i will just say blah 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 move our heads around yeah and it'll almost be as good as the real thing i've heard watermelon rhubarb is a good way to move your mouth in a way that looks like you're saying other stuff so if you just say watermelon rhubarb watermelon rhubarb yeah, hang on it, let me just mute for a second okay, there yeah and uh, you, you give me some of that action i'm okay. on the video call here folks right. with sam right i'm muting now watermelon rhubarb watermelon rhubarb rhubarb watermelon watermelon rhubarb watermelon rhubarb rhubarb watermelon and the brexit watermelon. negotiations continued <laughs> long into the night <laughs> You had a serious look on your face, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but you also looked like you didn't know what you were talking about, so that uh, word came into my head. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that that was a lot of fun for us. Maybe not <laughs> too much fun to listen to. But there you go. That's my little tip there. Cut to a bookshop, and Sally and Carrie... I can't remember her character's name, but I'm going to just call her Carrie. Yeah, I just called her Carrie, yeah. yeah. When Sally met Carrie, they noticed that Harry is in this bookshop, just kind of creeping around. But he remembers her this time, which is cute. And I, I have my second big... Well, I had a big laugh here. Oh, big laugh. Is it because of the concept of people meeting up in a bookshop, which seems like a foreign concept? This is set in 2022. It'd be like, he comes out from, from behind the Rick and Morty board games because <laughs> bookshops aren't a viable concept anymore. He pops out behind the Funko Pops. Right, so Sally introduces Harry to Carrie. <laughs> She's sort of saying, oh, this is Carrie Fisher. And, and Carrie Fisher is already like down the stairs on the way out, just waving like, hi, and <laughs> just leaves. Princess Leia, more like Princess Later. Le- later. Princess Leia she 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 leaves the scene and it made me laugh I had a big laugh at that so that was one of my laughs she's got great comedic presence and time it's yes. kind of a I don't know it doesn't feel like real life because obviously no one acts like this in real life but it is that kind of authentic stylized version of life that was so readily available in Hollywood at a certain period of time or the late 80s and early 90s yeah I found this I don't know I would wonder if you were much younger watching this if it feels like fucking aliens or something like that like you know weird people from a different time acting yeah. in a peculiar way not saying anything is lit and or mid at all well the thing that concerned me is that now in this period of their lives they are i think 31 um and i am 31 they did not look 31 they look proper fucking 40 years old uh, shit <laughs> And they're just talking about how, you know, their marriages have collapsed and time is ticking. I like their different shades of denial that they have. Yeah. They're both doing an excellent job at appearing ostensibly absolutely fine. But they are, you know what, they are having quite deep conversations. Conversations about sex and sexless marriages and how kids can potentially destroy your sexual impulses. All these, you know, talking about their friends and other people they know and their lives. And and it does seem... stuff that probably won't get talked about in movies very often. I no. mean, you know, certainly not back then, at least. And they are kind of having conversations like they are very good friends. And it's interesting because he was sort of thinking, you know, maybe we can't be friends, but they are they are friends and they're having deep chats. And that's that's part of the central thesis of the movie that I feel they don't go far enough on because they are pretty much setting out to disprove the notion that if a man and a woman are friends, mm. therefore you can't be together which is obviously very juvenile and, and and backwards notion yeah but i really feel a modern interpretation of this would be go on and marry your best friend because that's a really good fucking idea yeah you know generally speaking i would vouch for it it's a very very good idea i've not yet married joe the intern 
No, but, but the previous eight years have been quite exceptional. Like, oh, that's us being very good friends. Yeah, the I best reckon, of friends. I reckon that's a good indication that you're going to have a very lovely married life. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's strong just, strategy. Does this seem like a decent enough idea? Like mm-hmm. that you, you share interests and you like the person, all that. I re- I'll never forget. It was during you know that period of cinema swirl where we had to do those late recordings. It's when you lived on Princess Street. Yes, and we had yes. yeah we do the the front to, to back we'd start at like 6 or 7 p.m. with the pre-swirl and yeah. we'd be fucking finished the movie at midnight and we start in the post-swirl at one type of a thing. Yeah. And I remember always on the drive back listening to like various local radio Lincolnshire DJs and they all, the only thing they would talk about is how they didn't like their wife. <laughs> I'm like, right, if it's the Alan Partridge lad in his 50s being like, haven't seen the wife a lot this week, that's some good news, am I right? You know, whatever, I expect yeah. that. But there was like the lad on like the drive time who's 20, being like uh, me and my wife we're both home from work this week going what the fuck are you doing here i don't like you at all and you know she does her thing you know she has her interests and all that shite and the thing yeah. you know, she has her fucking stupid values and you know, all the stuff we could do it i'm like what is the point what is the point i, I mean i <laughs> i've said this before i think i am a, quite a defender of disliking your partner being a form of humor but what i will say is that you shouldn't actually feel that way i think i think it is funny to joke about like it is comic effect (laughs) fine yeah yeah i've seen some people suggest that like oh those jokes aren't funny they are but i but if you actually do hate the person that you're with and you're having a bad time don't continue to do that and just be like no that's what married life is like or that's what a relationship is like just don't 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 be unhappy if 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 you're unhappy benefit of not being born in the older generations where that was the fucking standard yeah because most yeah. of the most of the people who are in this where they're like i've been with my wife for 50 years we met when we were six years old sure you'll be dead tomorrow <laughs> what does it even matter why am i listening to you Came down the days nice cushy coffin and all picked out it was quite nice to flash back to the old days of, of cinema swirl there it feels very the dirty old days it feels fitting huh? for this film that we're kind of flashing forward in time we, yeah we've, we've had when we met had when we were recording when i lived in lincoln the old kfc days yes baby. i was gonna mention yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i lived like two minutes walk away from a papa john's and a kfc and let me tell you those were heady great days yeah if you thought they're doing a, f- a round trip five hour podcast recording midweek was an already unhealthy idea with a full-time job wait until we introduce all these trans fats to the party Woo! I can't remember like the the period of years that that was, but if you listen to those episodes, just imagine us when we're watching the film, our hands greasy (laughs) with with fried chicken. Desperately steadying the notes on the Star Wars (laughs) Blu-ray box set. (laughs) Probably fucking covered in grease, that thing, at this point. Another Cinema Swirl tradition is that we've got someone looking sad in a giant fucking apartment in a major city. Billy Crystal has this massive flat in New York. It looks wonderful, and he's just like, sad. Oh, I'm sad that I've got my big flat in the big city. Oh, I'm sad. I I like, you know, they're kind of... It's a kind of a, a frank presentation of what I would entitle low-level depression. And yeah, I kind of feel like that is like that. That is there was something comforting about about their presentation of that, of how they yes. both self-soothed 
for very similar ways. Also, long before the days of the Skype watch party, we could landline phone, have yeah. to sync up the VHSs. Jesus Christ, it's a military operation, Sam. I mean, the, the cute little montage of them living their separate lives and having their phone conversations is very cute. The split screen as you mentioned, is very nice. See, now, right, you're thinking that's complicated to set up because you've got to time it right. They're just watching telly. It is on at the same time. It will just be synchronised. It's on telly. It's on telly, mate. Of course. You know? You know what was the most real, raw fucking, I could taste this, it was so relatable and real and raw. Yeah. I know this movie prides itself on giving you some realness, mm. you know, or at least for the time, but it don't get much more real than a depressed man in a big room on his own going... Yeah, yeah. Oh, we've all had that fucking sonnet playing in our heads, let me tell you. We've all, we've all, we've all had an L2 on the lonely man fucking trumpet there now, haven't we? Old toot on the lonely man trumpet. <laughs> oh man, you don't you don't need to be H. John Benjamin to pull that out of your ass. Like, no. you know, that's a Yeah. That was uh, relatable. That was too relatable. Yes. A very nice, well done scene. You know, the, the editing and the cinematography of this is, is very nice, this kind of montage. Because they almost look like they're sat together at the start, doesn't it? Until yeah. you realise two TVs. What, is this like mm. Tom Cruise having two curries? Are they double dipping here? No, it's they're in separate places, separated by a line. I think there's a bit in Better Call Saul, a montage that feels quite similar yes, to yes. this. Yes, that's, that's very, very similar nice. to that, yes. Now, in the next scene, Sally is wearing what I could... Well, I, I, I say what I can only describe. I'm going to describe it as a distracting outfit, and then I, I'm going to read you what I how I tried to describe this, but I don't think I've nailed it. A distracting outfit? Hubba hubba! Um... She, this doesn't quite work, but she looks like an off-duty magician who's investigating a crime. I think. She's, she's Jonathan Creek, is what you're saying, Sam. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I, 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 I was finding it hard to... She has cog- got kind of the curls of, uh, oh, yeah. of, of Jonathan Creek, hasn't she? Yeah. It was making it difficult for me to concentrate on this scene that I just couldn't get over what a kind of... It's got a Doctor Who feel about it, her outfit. It's very... In, it's it's nice, but it's distracting. And not in a, you know, yeah, it's sexy way. It's very good when it's like... You look like a time traveller. Like, no, that's never, like, a good vibe, you know, or an off-duty magician. Both of those have got stings in their tails. Now, he's doing, again, now, he's going back to the 17-year-old Kevin Mahan in love with every woman he meets yeah. playbook here, which is he's doing the silly voice. Whoa. Oh, the power of the silly voice. Yes, I- I've written, you know, you're talking about how relatable the sad man trumpet was. Um, I think there's something very real about doing silly voices to each other being a representation of falling in love, I think. Or at least I think so. Because it's an easy mask to slip on with which yes. to be like because it's like pecan pie I'm so fucking lonely <laughs> I can't sleep alone <laughs> and uh, I will say yeah. the silly voice generally speaking it's cute everyone yeah. likes that everyone likes the silly can voice. you use the silly voice to secure a date only if it's a cute date, like feeding ducks or something like that. Yeah. Don't use the silly voice to ask for a kiss. Now, I know we've discussed the permission kiss on Cinema Swirl before, but I feel like you're crossing two very different flavors of cute then, and you're going to seem like a fucking maniac. Please, can I kiss you? Yeah, it's not. No, it's, no, no. no. <laughs> and then, because if you kiss them, what if they kiss you then, what are you going to do? Oh, hey! 
than fucking Babu freaking no. You do, you, there's no follow-up from there. You have to keep going. All of a sudden, you're having sex, doing a silly voice, saying sexy, dirty talk. That's not going to work. Uh, doing a way after kissing is something I, I want to start. <laughs> Sally's got a date. Oh, yeah, it looks bad. And Harry has a date as well, doesn't he? Yes, and they're both sort of looking at each other to sort of pretend to not be upset, but also they're sort of getting upset that the other is not upset. There's these little subtle looks that are just like, they are in love with each other, but they're sort of not saying that they are and they're still going about yeah, and that's, their I think, dating lives. The power of both of them, I think particularly Meg Ryan excels in this. Yeah. Because I feel, I guess, you know, Harry as a character says on what's on his mind a lot more frankly and directly. But I yes. feel like this kind of game of invisible chess that they're both playing with each other and they don't even know if they're playing the same game or not. And it's, they're not like kind of, you know, giving each other the fucking curb your enthusiasm stare. But you see those little subtleties, like mm. the hurt, as you mentioned. Yeah. And, you know, that is a, uh, it's a delicate thing to portray. And I think they do. Even though this movie has kind of a heavy hand at times. Yeah. I feel there is a light touch, and I think that's what you get with Rob Reiner a little bit, you know? And they're talking about their respective dates and how they're going and their lives, and they both sound like they're having a real shit time. I was having a shit time as well. Right, it doesn't matter if it's Ethiopia or Ireland, fuck off with the famine jokes. No. Right, yeah. Not allowed. Okay. How yeah. dare he? I would have rounded up every Irish and Ethiopian man I could have found and brought him <laughs> in there and taught him what for. You think it's fucking funny, do you? Huh? Yeah. Huh? Uh, no, not I don't know. Thank you. And Sally, she's wearing a skirt now because earlier Harry said she looked good in skirts, and that's like a nice. Oh, little... I didn't know it. Yeah, in the, be- in the scene before, he's like, you should, "What should I wear for my day? I should wear a skirt. You look good in skirts." And then next time they're hanging out, she's wearing a skirt. It's, it's the little details like that. Now Harry's little bloke mate, who I think is called Jess. Um, yes, he's like, "I don't little <laughs> bloke mates." <laughs> <laughs> he, um, when a man becomes a little bloke mate <laughs> he's a little bloke mate he doesn't understand how or why they're not having sex with each other harry and sally harry is then talking about having sex with someone else and saying that he was so good at sex that he made a woman meow i did wonder if he'd sort of accidentally coincidentally slept with Catwoman. In the in the could have happened, yeah. But that being said, I mean, I don't think man or woman, someone necessarily, what would make them meow would be necessarily a sexual thing. You know, I've yeah. been at dinners where I've meowed, I've been so full. You know, yeah. It's an interesting brag, is all I will say. It's an interesting brag. It is, to say it's that. not quite the flex he thinks it is. Sam. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. Okay. Now we get into the scene. I think it's fair to the say that, scene. that this film has a. It has a the scene, and this is that the scene. This is the scene. Sam, there's not many movies that we have done here that have been parodied for a commercial for WrestleMania Goes Hollywood from the WWE. (laughs) And we finally hit that milestone here today with the infamous, famous diner scene from when Harry met Sally dot dot dot. So these two are in a diner, busy diner, talking about orgasms and whether Harry has ever experienced a fake orgasm. And he's saying that he hasn't. And she's saying, how would you know? And he's saying, I'd know. And she's saying, well, I don't know. And he's like, no, 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 I I would know. And then we get, you know, this is an iconic thing that I do now sort of recognise. Do Uh, you recognise it? Where from? Because I feel this has been like parodied in like commercials and stuff. Yeah, I don't really know where I would have seen it, but I feel like I've 
definitely seen this or a parody of this or reference to this because she does a big loud you know very good convincing fake orgasm noise with lots of yeses you know slamming what, on the um, table yeah it's the slamming that's what gets it for me because yeah. i feel that detracts from it but it makes it work in the moment because yes. It's to the distraction, isn't it? It's almost like ratcheting a magician. You know, you're not understanding what noise she's making with her mouth. She's banging cutlery. She's hitting the table and all that. Yeah. It's like in those earlier episodes of Cinema Thrill, I kept hitting the table all the time. It was to kind of bamboozle people. <laughs> I, I did do a little chuckle at Harry saying, are you okay, when she started doing it? Because he genuinely seemed like he was concerned about her well-being. So she does that very loud, grinds the whole diner to a halt. At the start, she sounds a little bit like Pacino. She, she starts off, I rewind the few times because i'm a freak and yeah i remind her and she does start off by going Hoo-a. and that is the uh that is the the opening salvo so yeah. to speak like you know and she throws in a cheeky meow at the end which i i thought you know harry would understand she doesn't and, and then we cut to a woman at her table saying i'll have the tuna on right <laughs> which is what she's having i'll have what she's having funny stuff Solid gag, great scene, a bit of fun, you know? A bit Did of fun. Did it make you laugh? Did yes. it make you laugh? Because I feel this is kind of a, a group environment. Uh, I th- imagine seeing this in the cinema, you know, everyone's going, ah, you're laughing at this thing that wouldn't, you know, Jesus Christ, they barely show a female orgasm ever on television or movie. And this is the only way they got away with this is because it's A, patently not real, and B, yeah. for comic effect. That's the only reason they were allowed to do it. I'm surprised you didn't start pretending to smoke a cigarette afterwards, which is apparently what you have to do. But it is a scene that has a weighty hype and legacy around it. And it lives up to it it is funny it's a funny scene it's a smart scene it's well done they're talking about something that maybe wasn't talked about so much back then maybe but it's it's funny and it's good i enjoyed it and thank it you goes on just long enough to make you think about if it's something you've experienced in your life or in my case makes me think about a guy i know who used to tell because they're talking about one night stands in yeah this, yeah and he's you know, giving it it's kind of seedy time of strategies to kind of you know get her to leave or for him to exit after a one night yeah, stand yeah. and a guy i knew in university told me that he routinely would have to fake his orgasms because he would bring a lady back for a one night stand and then be like oh it's getting on a bit now and he'd he'd say i fake my orgasm and i was like oh right cool and all these years later when you know i was an idiot back then i wouldn't yeah. have thought to ask like how'd you do that well i was gonna say you know it's a bit trickier for someone with a willy to do that that was figuring yeah because yeah. the only thing i could think you had if you had if you had that equipment <laughs> with you and you were, this would only work if you were using a condom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It oh, would yeah. only work if you had a condom, because otherwise it's a patent lie. You're going to find out that the other person is basically lying as well. Yeah. You'd have to somehow remove the prophylactic, but kind of gather a bit of air and space as you're going down. So you would have an air pocket that could then, if the person looked over, yeah. go, there's a quantity of, 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 Jizz, jizz in there <laughs> so i, I want it to be accurate <laughs> yeah i think in that case you've just got to bank on them not looking over at you removing the the condom and and leave oh, that's a fucking that's a high-end stealth mission all of a sudden isn't it yeah i think you've got to do a quick you know removal and uh, disposal of 
the... I don't... That's not happening, Look, is it? You're, you're listening to two guys here who ain't going to be faking orgasms anytime <laughs> soon because we haven't figured out the nuts and bolts of it. Even <laughs> no. with the forum at our fingertips here, we've not been able to workshop it. I mean, planning that seems like the fucking great escape where they've got like a, a winch on their trousers and they're letting out <laughs> stuff. It seems like it would be too fucking complicated for the hassle, you know? <laughs> Just... <laughs> Just let it no, happen. Look, if you want to do do the great escape for pretending an orgasm, do what I do. Just put on a big coat, pretend to be Russian, and leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> Don't answer any questions. <laughs> they won't know. <laughs> Very cute. They're buying a, a Christmas tree together now. Aww, Aww. They're a couple. Yeah, but they're not really. Cut to New Year's Eve. They're dancing Ooh, together. This was sweet. But they yeah, have a little look. kiss. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. I think they both, while they're dancing, look sort of horrified and happy about how nice it is. They, they're kind of worried, but surprised, but happy. And they do a little peck. It's not a, not a full-on snog. I'd say that's a peck. I'm going to rule what that that's a is, peck. Because I had to think about this now, so. Yeah. This is, it is a kiss on the lips. Yes. But it is a kiss on the lips that both parties could convince themselves was a peck on the cheek. That makes sense. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They yeah, both yeah. deliver and receive the kiss as if it was not being delivered on the lips. Yes, I agree. There's a lack of puckering, is what I'm saying. Yes, minimal puckering, brief. It's the Sam Chaplin handshake of kissing, I think that was, you know? <laughs> like, I didn't even know if I'd shook the man's hand <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> Certainly wasn't awkward, I'll give you that. And they're trying to set each other up with their respective little mates when really, Kevin, I think they are the ones who should be together. Oh, this yeah. is a double date. So they set up Carrie and the writer. They set up Carrie and Rob Reiner here to, to go yeah. out. And, uh, well, they're, they're setting up with, with Harry and Sally, respectively. And I don't know, Sam, is this my second year science options at university? Because I don't see any chemistry here. <laughs> no, no chemistry. And yet... Primarily biology is what it is. <laughs> No chemistry. And yet as soon as Harry's little bloke mate and Carrie Fisher start talking, then they're getting on like a house on fire. Then we get some chemistry. Then we get some spark. Then we get some chat. You know, they're, they're bonded. Then we could wait. Uh, I didn't like this at all. The guy's like, look, me and the wife arranged marriage. You know, he's basically said, someone told me in the next village, is this girl and she's ready to be married. And he's yeah. like, so I went down and I had a look. <laughs> <laughs> I went down and I had a little gawk before I committed. And I was like, yeah, I'll do that. That's fucked, mate. I think they're sort of stepping down in terms of the romance levels of these little cutaways. Arranged marriages, I'm not saying they can't be romantic because like, I yeah. feel like I've watched a lot of shows where there's like kind of, you know, Asian cultures or parts of the world where arranged marriage is more of a thing. And it feels like the media is set out to be like, okay, you may have preconceived notions about prearranged marriages, mm -hmm. but there are lots of instances where maybe people have managed to find a devotion to each other and a love that wouldn't have come elsewhere, etc., etc. Yeah. Now, this was like arranged marriages. They're fucking weird and as weird as you think they are. The lad went down had a fucking look like she was a car. Kick the tires a bit just to sort of... <laughs> When's she going to go into his village? He could be a fucking freak. Well, <laughs> I, at this point, I started to think that these little scenes were sort of just padding at this stage. Oh, really? Well, you know, I, I know what it's building up to, but also this mm. is, you know, the runtime of this film isn't that long. Because I feel they were trying to, on the surface, be like, look at all the different ways love can show itself. But instead, it just came across like, oh, people are fucking, yeah, they've just weird look at all this old standards, shit. don't they? A bunch of fogies. Like, yeah. um, we got married in black and white. Oh, shut <laughs> up. Shut up. 
I liked the little shop that they're in in the next scene where they've got karaoke machines and hats with oh, fans yeah, built tandy. into them. Is that, is that a tandy. thing? What is Tandy? What's Tandy? <laughs> it just seems like it's a shop I with a bunch of shit in it. Tandy. I don't know Tandy. Tandy's a mid-level electronics chain that right, was in okay. the UK in the mid-90s. I only remember because I visited the UK in the mid-90s and it yeah. was a banger of a trip. And I remember Woolworths. Yeah. I remember Wellworths in certain regions. Yeah. I remember Or Price or Orway. It was a music shop that was really good. Okay. And uh, a little bit of that Tandy love as well. That was yeah. good shit. I don't remember Tandy. But they're doing karaoke. They're having fun. They're dicking around. And then it just, it, you know, Harry's seen something. His expression changes. Uh-oh. It's his ex-wife. Oh no! Ah. Well, he's with a bo- she's with a baldy though, so he's immediately like feels he's ah. okay, right? Just <laughs> on the back foot. Eh? I like that the new guy just came across as a bad egg, and I don't mean that as to disparage bald men no, who no. make up a sizable portion of our audience. I meant in that without <laughs> words, he came across as a slick customer. In spite of the fact that if anyone's a slick customer, it's fucking lawyer who works for political organizations. Yeah, Harry the lawyer. He's the. Fucking slick egg if there ever was one. And hey, Carrie Fisher and little bloke mate, they've already got a house together. Aww. And they seem to be getting on well, although arguing quite a bit. I and tell you, Sam, you're a very dear friend. Yes. But if it came down to some strange situation where me and Joanna were decorating the home and we decided after having purchased, placed, and decorated around the furniture, yes. to go to one of you, my friends and go to you and say, here, what do you think of this? Just say it's all right, okay? Yeah, oh, I will. Yeah, yeah, You think you're going to start the returns on a fucking build-your-own-wagon-wheel dining table? Fuck off. I think with tattoos and with purchases above £100, just say it's nice. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. Just or or it's better nice. yet. Better yet. Don't ask, you know? Well, yeah, Because yeah. I remember uh, there was one time Billy from the Ads podcast uh, when we were in Lincoln was thinking about getting a tattoo. And he's like, mm. I'm thinking of getting a tattoo, Kevin. And he described it to me. And he goes, Yes. what do you think and I go do you really want to ask me of all people this and he thought for a second and went I appreciate you telling me that and that was yeah, the end of it that's a good good response just saved us all a bit of time <laughs> Uh, Harry's very cynical and sad about love now because he's upset about his um his ex-wife and you know who gets what plate in the divorce and all that kind of thing he's he's sad now he's sad he is and he's also going through you know a lot of couple adjacent stuff he's kind of found himself in that weird position which i think is a weird place to find yourself when you are a friend couple hanging out with a couple couple i think that can be Mm. A strange situation to find oneself in. I'm not sure. It feels like there is this pressure that's been put on them. And there's only one place where pressure like that comes out in a high pressure environment. I'm talking about Pictionary, Sam, aka yes. the fight week of 1989. Yeah, I just want to ask you a quick question before we get into the Pictionary scene. Do you like the wagon wheel coffee table? Yeah, I like that. I quite liked it. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it, but I wouldn't have it as my main coffee table because I have had a glass coffee table before. Mm -hmm. But the very glass coffee table that you and I first shared a cup of tea over. Yes. And it got fierce fucking dirty, fierce quickly. And it was a nightmare to clean. Mm. So I've got a similar shaped but black wooden coffee table that as it's become more distressed over time looks semi-intentional. But I think I'd have that wagon wheel coffee table in kind of like a special cowboy room in a hypothetical (laughs) madhouse I'd live in. Yes. Hey, Harry and Sally, before Pictionary, they have a, a big argument. Basically, he's just sad that he's sad and that she isn't sad and she's not 
you know, she, torn up about. Upset. Yeah. Open your eyes, man. She's upset right now. He's talking about she hasn't really slept with anyone. He's slept with loads of people. They have a big argument, big bust up. But he actually apologizes pretty well and recognizes that he's being a jerk, which I think is, you know, important. Now, the Pictionary scene, I think that's 100% been ripped off by that Simpsons scene, right? This is. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, I will say thing. as well, I feel this for 89, you know, and it's hard as well because it's, it's a 90-minute movie and looking back at 2022, it doesn't feel like it is reinventing the wheel. But in many yeah. respects, it is because I've bit my tongue because you don't watch it, but I can think of a thousand Seinfeld bits mm. like in, in the show. Uh-oh that are like not necessarily lifted from this but it's like okay they're doing that but they're doing it for kind of network tv with a laugh track they're having the discussions that you don't usually see fictional characters have etc but this yes. really feels just directly well, that has been yeet. sophie who i was watching this with told me that uh, i don't watch friends i've never watched friends but that a lot of friends scenes have taken some influence from this film oh i would say so i mean i used yeah. to watch friends back when i was a, a little nipper you know yeah so i would say i've definitely saw some of that dna in there but that's the question when something becomes so influential it's kind of free reign for anyone to steal from it yeah but i enjoy this picture scene because i was reminded of kirk van Outen doing his little picture of dignity but the, the, harry and sally they're seeing other people but they both look kind of upset that the other person is with someone and they're, they're doing little scenes with their respective little mates going oh what do you think about that guy he's not very good is it we don't like him and you know sally's doing the, the same thing and it's you know it's it's quite sweet they're very sensitive you know i've realized yeah this movie would be nowhere near as sweet seeming if they showed us even an iota of harry's alleged catting around we because don't see any of it I, i'm not sure we don't see any of it and i was wondering like i remember the first time i saw it i thought this a lot i was wondering is it like he's just putting on this front he's kind of like oh you know me babe i got a new woman every night of the week yeah but they do kind of say it expressly they're like you fucking slept with everyone in new york city like you know like, yeah. Yeah, everyone has, has had their candle dipped by your wick mr harry yeah. and i was wondering if you saw even a bit of it if it would be way less cute because it'd be this lad who's just going around having sex with all these randos and then spending his kind of quality time with this with this other lady. I don't know, yeah. it would feel a bit greasy somehow. I don't think it would be as endearing. I think you're right about that. No. That it's uh, a good omission from this film to keep that. It's uh, the prequel series when <laughs> Harry had a big dirty weekend in New Jersey. Coming soon to Disney+. Plus. Still played by Billy Crystal though. Um, (laughs) I still got it and finally Sally is sad and she's crying because her ex-husband is getting remarried was it ex-husband ex-boyfriend whoever he's getting remarried Um, she's crying she's in tears Harry seems both very concerned and wanting to be with her and almost kind of relieved and delighted that she's finally sad so off he goes oh there was a great line this that made me laugh Mm. where she screams I'm gonna be 40 and he's like when and she goes quietly in 8 years (laughs) (laughs) you know i think it's really funny because like i remember so much in like my 20s being like i'm gonna be 30 yeah Ah, and then something will happen and i just the idea of being like 32 and then being worried you know like thinking about 40 and like thinking i'm about to become 40 (laughs) so well done This was kind of like, and it was intentionally so, I guess, there was weird vibes from this because like they wanted to show you that advantage wasn't being taken of, even Mm -hmm. though it was an extremely vulnerable situation. So it gets played like a little bit, they describe it as like that they were incredibly close and then suddenly they weren't. 
and it's all yeah. in his face afterwards because you see them after sex and she's very, you know, safe and she, seeing as she was very upset, she feels very comforted. Mm. But he has that kind of odd look on his face and she's like, do you want a drink or do you? And he's like, no, I'm all right. Now, straight away, you know, something's wrong there because if you ask any normal human if they want literally anything after sex, they'll jump up Bell and down and go, yes, yeah, fucking yeah. please. Yes. I'll be ha- I'll be having that bovril you're offering me. I'll be having that oval teen. I'll be having that scratch card. Whatever it is, you you can't offer a bad thing in that situation. Is what I'm saying. After sex, what I always want is a bottle of Evian pulled straight out of the fridge with the logo facing camera. That's what I want. That's what I. That's what I He's want. He's a to simple do. man, folks. It's yeah. what he wants. That's all he wants. Harry looks. He, yeah, he looks kind of almost mortified that they've had sex Mm. this is what i mean about it being maybe more complicated than it seems like this is quite this there's a lot going on here that is not really said he's self-conscious i think yeah to the extent that he realizes now he's the guy who's went over to the crying woman's house and Mm. comforted her and immediately found himself in her bed which yeah. probably for him isn't the best feeling in the world. But he also thinks, because, you know, throughout the time she's talking about, like, you know, he notices her weird VHS index cards. It's kind of, yeah. you know, the quirky stuff that he truly loves about her. It's kind of when the, that stuff comes up, that's when he's realizing, oh, no, maybe I've messed up my friendship, which is the only actual relationship I have going at the moment. Yes. I, like, I've, I remember very distinctly when I was in university, there was a friend I had and she was going out with her partner, like, before she came to university, and like all through final year it was like known she had a long term partner and the whole time there was this other guy I knew who was head over fucking heels in love with her and he wasn't like a creep about it he wasn't pining over her it's just something that was kind of known in the back of his mind that he held uh, held a candle for this woman right? and then literally the day that she broke up in her final year from the guy like the two of them arrived at my doorstep and he, she was in floods of tears and he's like, yeah, she's just broken up, having a bad time. I think we left a bottle of vodka here the other night at a party we were at. Can I go get that? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I remember immediately thinking, ooh, that's very dirty feeling and opportunistic. It's 15 years later and they're still together and oh. very fucking happy indeed. Ah. So I think it's almost like, okay. you know, Love comes in many ways, and God knows us Irish are quick to judge on that front, but I feel like he was going through some of that, like, guilt mixed in with worry about the future. Yes. It was was pretty touching stuff here, in a a not-so-friendly type of a way. There's some convincing inner turmoil going on. Yes. And he's going to take her out to dinner later, but it just feels weird. There's a weird feeling in the room with them now. You ruined dinner, Harry. What have you done? And another, like, well-choreographed, well-edited, cute scene. Almost maybe too cutesy is the scene of them both phoning their respective friends to talk about the fact that they had sex and, and talk about the whole thing. And it, you know... Yeah, because I was wondering if the couple they were ringing, do you think they had a game plan? Because they were having two separate conversations, but they were sat in the same bed. And yeah. I know that, like, if it was me and Joe and we're like, right, our friends who need to get together, they're calling us, we'd have the fucking bullet points ready to go. Right, be sure that we were saying the right yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, giving audible cues with the eyes and the ears to let them know what's going on. I think this bit almost felt like a uh, like a stage play. You know, it, it, it's, <laughs> yes, yeah. It was no, the tone it was a bit different. It would have been a stage play if the if Harry was putting on a tie at the same time for whatever <laughs> reason, like you know, he was being dressed up or whatever. Like. They have their awkward dinner, telling 
telling each other it was a mistake, eating their little salads. Oh yeah, they have shit salads. Yeah. You wouldn't be faking an orgasm scene with a salad. That needs fucking corned beef on rye. Yes, that's what you need. A little laugh from me, and this wasn't an intentional joke, or at least I don't think so, was just Harry and his little mate power walking in their little power walking gear. <laughs> it was just fun. It was just fun and nice. It made me laugh. It was acceptable in the 80s, the power yes. walking. I do believe yep. it was. I love always. Mm. It's one of my favorite things could be because of Married at First Sight or yeah. Don't Tell the Bride or any of the other trash I've watched. I love seeing, I don't even know if this was on purpose or not, but Carrie, when she shows her the wedding dress, and I was like, yes. that's a really shit dress. And then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sally goes, oh, it's so nice. I find that really funny because I feel there's no harm in it. If someone is in love with a wedding dress, let them be in love with a wedding dress. If they're in love with a shit wedding dress, even better. Because yeah. you're going to get to see them all fucking day in it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, tattoo, uh, large purchase, wedding dress. Just say, oh, beautiful. Mm. Love it. Yeah, great. Fantastic. That's why Billy never bought that wedding dress in the end, <laughs> you know, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell him. These two are getting married already. The, the friends, they're getting married. Oh, that's very fast, isn't it, Sam? Oh, it's so fast. We are kind of skipping around in time, I think, as well. They weren't in the cutaway at the end now, were they? So no. Maybe no. Ah. Harry and Sally, they have a big blow up about how meaningful the sex was and that it wasn't nothing, but it kind of, you know. She slaps him, doesn't she? She slaps him. And it's because he's saying that he didn't go over there with the intention of sleeping with her to take advantage, but that in the situation when she was crying and vulnerable. And she's like, oh, so you took pity on me and slaps him. But I think we as the audience These are and crossed he knows, wires Sam, yes I yes they're they're very crossed wires and so you know they they're not on good terms and it's christmas again and she's buying a tree on her own and she's got to carry a big ah, fucking tree no um, that's yeah. sad and he calls her up and he's like it's christmas so i'm gonna do my christmas groveling apology and it's it, oh <sighs> They're just not there. His groveling phone messages just teeter on the line of, oh, you know, cute, silly, to like a bit creepy and just leave her for a bit, mate. Just, you know. You mentioned Better Call Saul. He does yeah. the fucking singing down the phone. That's fucking, you know, lock him up for that as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Never mind the cartel business. The man has committed an affront to romance there. But yeah, he is, again, acceptable for the time, I believe, yeah. Sam. This would have been considered quirky because I guess he didn't have apps and phones weren't smart then, so a phone no. call would have been all right. And she says, I can't do this anymore. I am not your consolation prize. Goodbye when they do see each other. That's, that's, a, that's a strong line. But you know what's also strong, Sam? Mm. And it'll do a number on anyone's heart. Even the coldest block of ice will melt. Yes. If you see a montage of someone that you're actually in love with, I mean, come on, that's uh, always going to get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always yeah. going to get you. Yeah. Always going to get you. Yeah. Quick note here. Have you heard of Mallow, Mallow Mars? Mallow Mars. Yes. Well, are, yes, they, are they I nice? Have, I have eaten Malomars during one of my American trips, yeah. I believe as well. I've been sent boxes of American candy in the past, which are always appreciated. Okay. <laughs> I've been sent Malomars, which I will admit don't really go up the transatlantic travel particularly well. Right. I'm struggling here now because the thing I could closest compare them to is something I don't think that you have. Because we have a lot of like Mikado style tea. I guess I mean like a tonics tea cake, a little oh, bit like right, that. Okay. With, with more of a biscuity base. Okay. Now we get something called uh, Jacob's Elites in Ireland, which are kind of like a tonics tea cake with a thicker brown base. Jacob's right, mate, Elites. Don't tell everyone. 
right. Don't yeah, sorry. tell sorry, everyone sorry, that I sorry, want them. Sorry, Jesus sorry. fucking Christ. Um, You're not coming to the Illuminati meeting no. now. And you, you know what's great about them as well, Jacob's Elite? You can only get them individually wrapped, which is a sign oh, of their quality. Yes, They're yes, yes. much more committed to the quality of the product than the well-being of the planet. And frankly, in spite of everything, and I may live to regret this, I respect them for that. <laughs> I love to say it. Says the man who just wants to eat it. You're asking me about chocolate biscuits on a hot summer's day, Sam, oh. I'm obviously going to throw all my principles by the wayside immediately. Yes. Uh, uh, there's a very funny scene here. So there's a, a New Year's Eve party and Sally is with a guy. Well, she's, she's sort of, I think she's meeting multiple people. She's laughing at someone's shit joke, kind of turns to Carrie Fisher and sort of saying, I'm going home. Carrie Fisher says, you won't get a taxi. And so she turns back, resigning herself to the fact that she's got to keep laughing at this shit joke. And it just happens very quick, very well done, very funny. You know what, Sam? There's no place in the world I'd rather not be than a shit New Year's party or any sort of New Year's scenario where I don't want to be. Like him at home on his own, watching the telly, not Mm. having a good time, telling himself he is having a good time and her out, having knowing she's having a bad time, but having to put on a front for everyone else those are the two parts of new year's you never want to see yourself anywhere near no and you're right the little montage little flashback of their relationship was very very sweet i know this is not a great thing to say now but this all felt as a film and especially these sort of moments at the end and kind of the the i guess the complexity of it uh very woody allen-y in terms of like the fi- the film you and know, the story and stuff i realized the other day i've never seen a woody allen movie okay yeah, I've seen a and couple. I believe the ship may have sailed somewhat. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. <laughs> Even though there was a period where Amazon were like, fuck it, I don't care, here they all are. Hey. Like, what did he do? Fucking hey, come on. Yeah. And when you're done with that, check out the new series from Woody Allen that he made when he was tits deep in the allegations. <laughs> Thank you. But I think, you know, this came after Annie Hall was a big deal, and I think there's there's some DNA of that in here. Uh, is what I, I know say. some of you are going like, oh, Annie Hall, will that make a great reverse swirl? No, that's our special series, Cursed Swirl, <laughs> will never be released. <laughs> things that we can't, we simply can't do and won't do. But Harry's now, he's thought about things and he's, he's, I like scenes like this where he's running to the place he needs to be. He can't get a taxi, it's New Year's Eve, he's got to just run to, to Sally, who is on her way out, so they might miss each other, cutting back and forth. <laughs> thinking about Woody Allen now. Fuck I'm sorry. You. I'm so Why sorry. Why have you done that to me? <laughs> in my head right now, do you want to know what's going on in Kevin's head right now? Yes, There's please. a monologue in a in a bad Woody Allen voice where it's like, I can't believe I had to sell 15% <laughs> of myself to the Saudi Arabian government so I can make a new movie that no one wants. <laughs> He's probably done it. Yes. Bastard! I'm so sorry, but Harry finally gets there. Do you reckon if you're Woody Allen <laughs> and you, you finished up uh, a long day of shooting in like fucking Dubai uh, or or North Korea or wherever they'll have them these days, and oh, there's no there's nowhere good to get a bite to eat in Dubai. I bought a bagel and it cost five hundred dollars. <laughs> ha ha. You know what? I bet he's having a shit time right now. And you think, oh, is it because of all the guilt? No, because he's old as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a proper fogey. So Harry finally makes and it. You know what? <laughs> they should end this movie, right? And after you have Harry and Sally be like, oh, we're in love. And then it just cuts to Woody Allen sat in his own going, <laughs> <laughs> no 
one wants to sit with you, Woody. So, um, <laughs> so Harry makes it to Sally in time to see it her. It was a mad dash, Sam. It was a mad, mad dash, dash. Mad dash. And he tells her that he loves her. And again, what's interesting is her not saying it back and sort of saying, you know, you can't just show up, tell me you love me and expect everything to be all right. It, that's quite, you know, a more realistic and less mushy approach to how this could have gone and you know what sam yeah i bet there's a lot of men who've tried this angry i love you and i don't just love you i love all the things you do that annoy me i love that each and every thursday (laughs) you never take out the bins i love that when i wake up you're not there with my coffee like i asked you know yeah he's on thin ice and i think most people should look elsewhere for inspiration don't go in hot is what i'm saying right if you're telling people the things they love about him don't be i love all the things about you that are flawed and intrinsically wrong and can't be fixed your declaration of love should not be aggressive is what i would say no and it shouldn't have the cadence of a kind of you know, controversial firebrand comedian on stage, just be like, and I fucking hate this, but saying that you love it. So he says all this stuff in that way, and she says that she hates him, but she oh. can't. She finds it hard to hate him, and it's it, it, it's really quite awkward and sad, but also a bit cute and they do a big kiss at new year's and it's sweet and it's a kind of bittersweet complicated mush at the end modern Um, for the 80s yes and you know as predicted we get the little harry and sally interview in the style of the fogies i just wish they'd aged them up for it and put funny wigs and makeup on i really thought they were going to beige pants it's not the same thing as us (laughs) and they got married and they're living you know happy together great and there we go oh and also I, I saw in the credits that one of the documentary couple actors was called peter pan there you go just a little fact i'm forever young <laughs> yeah sure right, mate. sure sure thing I had a great time with this film. Yeah, me too. I was I was shocked that you had a good time, but I guess in the to the extent that when I realised I was having a good time, I was like, he's probably gonna fucking love this. So yeah. I think I was I was on the wrong end of the stick there. You're always at the point when you're in your thirties when you kind of forget that you change over the last ten yeah. or so years. Yeah. It would be interesting to have seen how I might have reacted to this maybe at the very start of Cinema Swell, for example, or you know, when I was nineteen or something. But now yeah. I really enjoyed that. I had a really fun time. I think it was it was fun and cute and kind of you know fairly breezy but had some depth to it and some complexity and some sadness and some yeah it does have yeah it does have like a, a lot to say i don't think it'd be something i'd say here if you want to understand relationships watch this no i would no, say but... if you think you are confident enough in your understanding of your relationship to relationships yeah give it a whirl because it's nice to kind of stand it up against what you believe is the kind of the, the way that those things should unfold or whatever. Yeah. But time has been a lot kinder to us than generally speaking, the genre of romantic comedies coming out of Hollywood in the late 80s. Yes. Yes. I think this is, I th- I feel like this has held up well. Obviously there are now and then little, you know, hiccups and difficulties, but not as much as you might I mean, expect. Sam, I would expect no less from the only man to have ever done blackface at the Oscars, but that's just Billy Crystal. Oh, God, I didn't know that. I, I knew he'd hosted the Oscars. Os- the- <laughs> Sorry, I'm losing the 
ability to speak. Don't host them no more. Oh Christ! Oh no! Yeah. Bad, bad decisions there, Bill. Bad decision. I'm genuinely thinking now that information is probably going to change my star vibrating, but I, I can't let it. I won't well, let it. Just before you put a bow on top of his head and called him the best boy at the picnic or anything like that, I just thought I'd give you that little nugget of information. Fucking there. hell. Oh, you um, fucking Woody Allen me I'm gonna fucking okay, I'm gonna yeah. Billy Crystal you right back motherfucker touche I guess look I thought Meg Ryan was great I thought Billy Crystal was great in this it's a nice you know showing the evolution of two people and their personalities and their lives and their relationship it was funny I laughed multiple times here's a question yeah would you would you watch it again um, I think probably if it, you know in the future at some point you know may, maybe another, another 10 years down the line would be interesting to watch this. Yeah, watch it in mm. five-year increments like the well, start yeah. of the movie. Yeah. Here's another question. If you were given a, on a kind of on a, a, a choice for a, a nice romantic date night, you got to sit down, yeah. you got to watch a nice romantic movie, and your options are Bridget Jones, mm. this, and Dirty Dancing. What do you think is the most... Because I feel they all give you food for thought and things to talk about yeah. and you and all fawn over... But what for you would be the pick? I think this might lead to too much rumination on the nature of relationships and love and friendship, you know. But then those <laughs> it's other a bit too much looking in. <laughs> those other films have got fucking shit going on in them. Maybe probably Bridget Jones, I guess. But that's not to say that this isn't a romantic comedy and it's you know it wouldn't be suited for a date night. But it's just it's. You know, it's a bit deep. Heavy going on points, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's probably why it's held up as well as it has and has such good standing in people's minds. The scene was good and was funny. Yeah, I can't think of too much negative stuff to say about this. I, You know, the, the little montages and editing choices and the music and everything was all very nice, very well done, all served the story. I thought maybe the cuts to the old fogies got a bit tired after a while but that's you know that's small potatoes in the, in the scheme of things i thought this was great well then give me your star wipe rating sam don't leave me in suspense ah <sighs> yeah Ooh, tricky mm. one yeah it's a tricky, tricky one. one yeah what four star wipes you heard it here first Thanks for listening to another episode of Cinema Swirl. This episode was produced by Kevin, edited by me, Sam, and I also did the music. The mailbag theme on this episode was performed by the incredibly talented Tristan Carroll, at Tristan M. Carroll on Twitter, and of the new metal band Cell Games. Check him out, check them out. Thanks once again, Tristan, for that bopping theme. If you want to support the show, then patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl is the way to go. If you want to follow us on the socials, we're at Cinemaswirl on Twitter and Facebook.com forward slash Cinemaswirl on Facebook, which is where our votes for episodes take place. If you've got questions, queries, comments, or anything else for the mailbag, then send it on over to Cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's Cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Please do keep recommending the show to your friends if you think they'll like it, or even if you don't think they'll like it, just recommend it anyway. Oh, and if there are any bits in recent episodes that you think would make particularly nice video clips, you know, the kind of thing we've had on our socials recently, then send us a tweet and let us know. All right, we'll see you next time. Cheers, bye. Oh, I just realised I teased her I was going to say how I meant we should do it. Put oh, this in at the yeah, end. Yeah. Okay.
after just the, after the after, credits. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Go for it. So it was online dating. Uh, that was it. Was uh, we met online on online dating. <laughs> And here's here's the kicker, Sam. Here's yeah. the kicker. This is the behind the scenes, never before heard goss for the okay. true believers who stayed right until the end, who sure. never doubted me that I would tell this information. Joe had written on her profile that she wasn't looking for a relationship. She was only interested in a friendship. Uh-huh. And I was so nihilistic at the time. And so like, no one's ever going to want to date me. I'm post-dating, post-romance. Uh-huh. But I could sure use a friend. So I went along to the first date thinking she just wanted a friend. But she said to me afterwards, she had just done that to kind of scare off creeps. I still tried to kiss her at the end of the first date, even though I thought right. it wasn't a, an actual date. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do uh-huh. the silly voice though. <laughs> so there you go. You heard it here first. 